Hello, welcome back to Divergent IO Podcast. My name is Zach Capellos, and this is my co-host. I'm Beverly Dominguez. In today's episode, we will be talking about HJT Technologies, a case review. The idea for this podcast came from information below. This case study is one I took from my book. The idea is that we argue each side, and if we agree, one of us will have the opportunity to argue the other side. This podcast deals with the concept of strategic workforce development, which has its roots in organizational development. The information in the following are two positions that have opened up in the corporation. One is for a CDO that runs the whole analytics team and forwards his future goals and advancements. The supervisor position supervises both regional managers and implements programs for the CDO. The first employee, Thomas, is a regional manager of the South uh, Division. He has seven years' experience with the company, two years as a regional manager. He is a classically uh, trained coder and understands industry trends. He's a detailed coder who has about seven assignments a month. Uh, He is extremely detailed in his assignments. Employee number two, her name is Alexandria, and she is a regional manager from the North Department. Eight years of experience, three as a regional manager. She's in classically, okay, I'm going to start over. Employee number two is Alexandria. She is a regional manager from the North Region. She has eight years of experience, three as a regional manager. She isn't classically trained or as self-detailed, but it is still, but she is still very productive. She finishes eight to ten assignments per month. She is an SME in team and culture building and has increased her region's productivity levels and now it's more productive than Tom's region. So, with this being said, who would you hire if you were the hiring manager? Would you hire Alexandria, who has, who's a regional manager from the North region, or Thomas, who's a regional manager from the South region? And what are some pros and cons about organizational strategy? So, for the CDO position, I would go with Thomas. And the reason why Thomas, because of his subject uh, matter expert in the coding and industry trends, I think that provides the company with a lot more of a, a future plan and path to where he could hire people who, who are um, able to have an, like the company would have an advantage by having who are new uh, in certain coding fields and different things and he could also pass down um and implement more training programs for more standardized coding but i do think a big con is he's not um as he he is is a person that is focused on analytics so he's not more mostly a person people person so when you get to high level you also have to be able to manage people and show proven track record of um a lot of productivity. Uh, that's what they want to see generally most companies. Uh, but his big pro is that like he would have industry knowledge like he and trends. So he could bring those people in. I think that's a really valuable asset. If you want to continue to innovate in your field um, for the, for the supervisor role, I would put without a doubt Alexandria because she does have um, 
experience in not just having productive teams, but in building team culture as well as um, building teams. Like she knows how to put teams together and she creates inclusive environments. And that would be perfect for a supervisor role because if Tom is hiring employees uh, in that are new, she and him could talk together. That being um, Alexandria and Tom, um, how to build teams. And she would know how to place these teams and move them. And as it concerns deeper into the hierarchy, um, another level down, you have those regional managers, which they currently occupy. So you'd have that direct connection um, from the top down with Tom down to, uh, to Alexandria. And then your two new regional managers could be trained by Alexandria on how to do culture and team building. So each individual team or whatever's going on lower in the company, they have specialized training uh, and that can be do for, uh, be from the actual supervisor uh, position. Um, but you want to have open line of communication between the two. You don't want any uh, hard feelings about whoever gets a job. And I think that if that line of communication is really solid and strong, then she can come to Tom and say, like, hey, I want to implement this type of training. Uh, I really think it will give us uh, really great results. And all he has to do is sign the paper, whatever it may be within the corporation. Uh, and she could handle that stuff. Uh, so Beverly, who would you hire for each position or would you hire someone out of, out of the company for any of these positions? Um, yeah, so I would hire from within. Um, and I think I would hire Alexandria just because um, I really like the leadership style that she has. And, you know, with the years of experience that she has, um, and even though she is in clinically classically trained or detail oriented as Thomas is, um, she's still very productive and she gets things done. Uh, and she's also, you know, um, she is an SME in team and culture building and has increased the region's productivity. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, this way how she focuses with, you know, for the, she focuses, um, and like leading teams and organizing it and, um, you know, basically leading them to success and being able to eventually lead the company to success. Um, I think it's really important. And, um, you know, I, you know, some of the, the cons with her is just that she doesn't have that, um, subject matter, ex subject matter expert as Thomas does in coding. And I think, um, you know, that can, uh, that might take some time for the company to train her on that, you know, appropriately train her where she should have been trained before, but you know, now she's going to have to be trained on that and that might take some time. But I still think that, you know, with the personality and who she and how she is, you know, with, um, with, uh, like, you know, leading teams and, you know, trying to focus on productivity, I think it would eventually, um, you know, so it would help her out with, um, getting those things done. Um, and, um, you know, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Thomas because, you know, he does have less years than Alexandria, but in reality, it's just one year less. Um, but, but he is clinically trained, I keep saying clinically, classically trained and he has understanding when it comes to coding, which is what the industry or the organization focuses on 
which is super valuable and obviously it's not going to take time for the organization to train him on. But um, he does, he is less productive, you know, than Alexandra because he does get like five and seven assignments done a month. Um, but even though he does put a lot of detail into them, I think um, at the end of the day, I think sometimes organizations also value, you know, personality and, yeah. you know, the, the, what is that called? Um, the senior- seniority of people yeah. that have been there longer and, you know, they, they, they gain respect and, um, and, you know, a lot of people know them and they're more comfortable around them. So I just think that Alexandra would be a better candidate for this position. And I think she would thrive even though she is lacking a little bit of, you know, the training and the understanding on the on the subject. But I still think that she is trainable and she's going to be able to eventually understand it just because she of her personality and the way how she works. Um so um, let's talk a, lot, a little bit about, you know, this situation, Zach, and how this situation can be manipulated into different things or can be um, versatile in many different work environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, it, particularly uh, with with your answer, my concern actually isn't a concern anymore. My concern where if there's proper communication, you might actually be on something by having Alexandria at the top. Because he, he being Tom, could actually just implement standardized coding s- stuff from the supervisor role. Just like I said, um, you basically just have the inverse of the situation, right? So you can go with either one. There's not a wrong answer. The wrong answer is is hiring someone for two important positions if they're not ready. And we're under the assumption that they were considered high performers. They were leading two regions. And these positions opened up, and they the company already thinks highly of them. They have a track record. They've been there for a while. Um, so I, I think both of your answers are valid. I think you may have swayed me towards Alexandria because she uh, because she has more productivity, um, and her team has been more successful. And that's a whole region. That's a, that's the whole North region being more successful than the South region, and that's nothing. Um, based actually on like like what their teams are made up of. It's they're given the same kind of randomized, you know, employees. She has proven method she's using. He's just saying like, hey, you guys are gonna need to be better coders essentially, would be his mentality, right? And does that work coming from the top down? It could. I think it would, but my hire was would have been based on like, hey, you get him for his industry trends. Um understand that i think that's important but could could you theoretically have him still as a supervisor have those trends yeah i i think i would value him more as as the the cdo for that but um there would have to be buy-in i think more buy-in for for someone who has usually analyst like uh tom to have him be a, a, a c-suite employee Due to social like personality flaws, you would find in most analysts. Um, generally, most C-suite pe- people like are somewhat personable um, with one another. They're working all the time, so you're going to want someone who fits. And I think that, like you're saying, Alexandra with her personality fits that role. 
but it's not like she can't get Tom's information. But I think Tom, I know I'm kind of split now. I think you may have changed my mind uh, <laughs> partially. And when I wrote this, I was actually torn like in the middle. I was like, but both have two different skill sets, mm-hmm. but they still are really good at what they're doing. They're not just like, like you don't become like a, a regional manager in a tech firm if you can't code it's not like they hire you and say oh like you can't write a line of code we're gonna put you as a regional manager seven years later and and like like you said she wasn't classically trained right so if she's not classically trained she had to learn somehow and she despite her not being classically trained she's more impressive to be honest and none of this has to do with like gender or or, or sex like when i made my decision i was like well he's classically trained uh, and my assumption we, we talked about bias, right, in the previous episode. My assumption was, like, he's a good coder, so he's the fit. But if he's classically trained and that was his route, he should have been maybe there in five years if there was openings, right? He already had what she lacked. And despite that, she, like, is at the same level. And I, maybe she deserves that that that, that C-suite job. Um and the pay would be relative, obviously. When you're in a Fortune 500 company, these people are making six figures in these types of jobs anyway. Um, but you did make some really, really great points. Um, and I think when you when I mentioned cons, I didn't mention personality because I didn't I didn't take into account like, especially through through COVID. Like I've had meetings and stuff, but it's like most of the time I'm working, you know, 35 hours a week by myself. So I'm like personality doesn't come into play too much because you're not face-to-face. But we're going to eventually be face-to-face again, and I think that's actually important. Um, do you have any more comments on, on this um, case case study? Yeah, yeah, so something that I was thinking about is who can be more versatile to fit a different role in case the organization mm-hmm. goes through some type of change. And, um, and I think, you know, with um, Alexandria, uh, even though, like you said, she wasn't classically trained but she had to like get trained basically on her own and still be able to fulfill the task it just shows me that she can be you know easily I mean she can be self-taught and um she can also be um versatile in different things not just within you know that position and I think uh you know that can be really important for a company because they're not only um investing in a person with one task i mean one skill but there this person can be very versatile it can be put into whatever role or even do tasks from other roles like you know she was uh with the team building and um culture building and all of that it, that was something that she additionally was able to bring into the team and i think that's really uh it can be really valuable you know and you know like if let's say we want to talk about it in uh, maybe like a different scenario. But if I was a hiring manager, I would love to hire someone that has a variety of skills, um, even though they might not be, you know, really good at each of them. But I know that they're a fast learner. They're passionate. They're um, they're going to be engaging and people are going to like them. I'd rather go with that person than someone that's just like really good at one task because I know that, that I'm not going to be able to move that person around if there's some cult- um, organizational change or, you know, we need that person to fill in another role. You know what I'm saying? So I think it'll be it'll be easier for the company to move that person around within the company and not have to hire somebody else from externally and, you know, train them, you know, and learn everything about the company where we can just move that person around 
and that person is going to be okay with it. So I just, you know, I thought about that too as you were speaking. I think it's really important to take that into consideration. And I think just the personality-wise of how she is, um, it would it would be easier for an organization to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think Thomas is also a really good candidate. But, you know, mm-hmm. he's just he just has a lot of knowledge on that one you know, skill, mm-hmm. and I just, um, you know, uh, it would be better for an organization to choose someone that has a variety of skills that's more, uh-huh. you know, moldable into, you know, fitting a new role if, if you know, if that is the case eventually. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, well, is there anything else you would like to share, Zach? Yeah, I, I think you were really hitting the point home. You are basically saying you want, and organizations are going this way. They want employees that are adaptable with multiple skill sets. Um, you you had a really great point, uh, Beverly, with you can start viewing talent or how they already are. And how they're viewing talent is by how adaptable a person is. Uh, how often, even, it's kind of like solving a puzzle. Um, the pros you get with having Alexandria or someone who's adaptable like her Say your your um, L and D person leaves at that that same level, you can slide her at the CDO like Tom, and also he'll learn a lot more, I believe, or someone would learn a lot more by having to implement other people's stuff. Um, so I think I think it's just in general that you brought that up adaptability, and I and I see this really happening over couple years where people want and companies really want diverse skill sets i'm starting to see it in job descriptions already i see people companies who want not just you know a person who has a traditional college background they want like stories to go along with it and you know just in terms experience uh they want everything they want people who can do multiple jobs. Not that it just saves them money. It, it creates better products in the end. Um, and I'm glad we, we went through this case study. Uh, and I'm glad I, I was open-minded enough and changed my mind on a lot of things. I think I actually am on your side with this now. And generally, I, when I first went into this, I'm like, whatever, I'm probably going to have to uh, like argue or be more like defensive about it. And I, I really wasn't because I'm like, yeah, she's right. The adaptability part is right. Being personable is right. Um, fitting in with the other C-suite members is is something you want because you still, like, everything has to flow at those levels. And I, I was actually really, you know, my mind was changed. And, you know, I do think Tom will be good, but maybe it's just not his time yet. Maybe he needs to, you know, have more training and, you know, diverse, diverse, uh, you know, be more diverse in his skill set. Um, and maybe that that's what this will do. Maybe he moves up to that supervisor role that has um, the more of a drive and becomes, you know, a better employee. And if he doesn't, then like maybe he's there and retires, you know, later on in his career and, or, or moves out of the organization. Who knows? Um, but, but it's one of those can't miss hires. You can't miss hire a C-level suite. Um, because there's big consequences. So I think, I think you're right. Um, but you know, you just have different paths no matter who you put in that position. You just have to have have more analytical people. If you have Tom 
And you'd probably have a pretty diverse skill set of people already in your organization um, as far as coding and their levels. Um, but basically, I, I think I think you're right. I think I think you have to go with with Alexandria in this position um, because she will. I think she'll have a a, a positive impact. I think I think overall that's going to happen to most companies. Um, do you have anything else you would like to add or? Should we end this podcast here? If you liked this podcast uh, and you'd like to know more about us or even industrial organizational psychology or have any quick career questions that you'd like answered, um, please uh, connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash Zachary, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y dash fellows, F-E-L-L-O-W-S. And where can they connect with you, Beverly? So for me, you can contact me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we are going to be linking our information down um, in our description box, um, um, where you're gonna, you know, where you where you click for our podcast. We'll we'll put our information down there so you guys can go and follow us and ask us questions there. But um, yeah, this was our podcast. So if you guys are interested, you know, in getting to know us a little bit more, getting to know, you know, more information about IO. And, you know, just kind of like questions that you don't really want to ask your boss, maybe, or you don't want to ask, um, if you're just shy to asking anybody else, you can feel free to ask us and we can address it in these podcasts. So we look forward to, you know, uh, sharing more information with you later. And um, we thank you so much for joining this podcast. Okay, so something we want to mention is that we want to apologize for the breaking up of the connection. Um, we have been having some technical difficulties with our internet. Um, so we want to apologize for that. So thank you for bearing with us until the end of the podcast.